Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. I'm Howie Silbiger. Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So pleased to be here with you. You could feel free to call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 It's the number to call to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. Howie Silberger Show is heard live every day of the week, Monday to Thursday, from 10 to 11 p.m. And on Tuesday nights, tonight, actually, at midnight, we'll be back again for a political hitman. Uh, on Israel News Talk Radio. So, you know, I'll be around. And I'll be here to uh, to talk to you. And that's that's really what I like to do. Uh, you can give me a call, 1-877-669-1292. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. Lines are open throughout the duration of the show. It'll be uh, a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to talk to you uh, throughout this show. <sighs> I, I get worked up sometimes, and and I have to take a deep breath, and I have to compose myself before I continue talking about certain topics. Uh, the reason I do that, the reason I have to do that, is because uh, if I get too worked up, if I get too nervous and too excited about something, uh, it, it, it comes across as angry. And I get emails all the time saying, Howie, why are you so angry? Howie, calm down. You're not so young anymore, Howie. And if you kept, if you stay this angry, you know what's going to happen? You're going to have a heart attack. And so, um, all right. I'm calm down. I, uh, I am actually quite perturbed that Canada is one of the last countries in the in the world to drop their COVID-19 border policies. Now, this gets me worked up only because it's, it's, it's really unfair. And, and it's just a grab on, uh, it's just a grab on our, on our civil rights. It's a grab on our, on our inherited rights. You know, we, we're, people who are born or people who live in this country have the right to enter and exit their country freely. And, and this just takes away from those rights. It makes it much more difficult to travel. It makes it much more difficult for people to get around. So the federal government plans to drop its COVID-19 vaccine border requirements by the end of September and make the ArriveCan application optional. Now this is according to CTV News. The government is expected to make the policy change by the end of the month and the source indicated that the Liberals would also be ending the outstanding random COVID-19 testing for travelers. Now, the federal government said in late June that existing border restrictions, including showing proof of vaccination to enter the country, would remain in place till at least September 30th. The latest news suggests that the federal government may simply choose not to extend these measures any further. Also, in June, the government began allowing unvaccinated Canadians to board planes and trains heading to either domestic or international locations. But they were still required to follow the current testing and quarantine requirements upon re-entry from international destinations. And of that last update to COVID-19 border rules, foreign nationals coming to Canada were still required to be vaccinated 
in order to enter. Now, it was not immediately clear exactly which vaccination-related rules will change come the end of the month, with announcement expected in a couple of days. It's also unclear whether the United States will follow suit with Canada. Non-U.S. citizens traveling to, to the country are still required to be fully vaccinated. And with the Toronto Blue Jays vying for a spot in the postseason, they could face teams of unvaccinated players who couldn't visit the city due to existing restrictions. The move comes after calls from some in the aviation industry and opposition MPs for the government to drop its outstanding COVID-19 border rules and scrap the arrive can app completely. Appearing on CTV's Power Play on Tuesday, Liberal MP Randy Bosenok declined to comment on the changes specifically, but said that as tourism minister, he's interested in ensuring the border is as unsticky as possibly can be. What I can say is that my colleagues and I are going to make sure that we do not, that we do the right uh, thing to boost the economy, but also keep Canadians safe and make sure that we're moving on this post-acute uh, COVID phrase, he said. Conservative MP uh, Michael Barrett, also appearing on CFTV's Power Play on Tuesday, said it's high time they scrap, they scrap the app. Certainly we support this because it's based on science and border communities have been crying for this. Our tourism sector has been hurting bad, he said. Appearing on Solid Barrett on Power Play, NDP MP Rachel Blaney said people need to be kept as safe as possible. But as things get better, I think we could have to do our best to make sure that we're as welcoming as possible. But we have to do that cautiously, she said. But around the Arrive Can app, I've heard so many horror stories, so it's really hopeful to see that dealt with in a meaningful way. Now, for those of you who have no idea what the Arrive Can app is, it is a real pain-in-the-butt app that you have to fill out before you uh, before you come back to Canada. The border guards don't ever refer to it. I've, I've been to the States and back, and to the States and back a number of times, and I've never seen the border guards uh, ask me for my ArriveCan app. They've never scanned the barcode they send me or the QR, the QR code that they send me. Uh, I've never seen anybody even care that the app was filled out. Now I'm sure they see that it was filled out on their um, on their on their computer screens when they scan my passport, but at the same time, uh, it, it just seems kind of pointless. So so why are we doing this? Um, I've crossed the border so many times that the government should already know that I am that I'm vaccinated. Or my vaccination status. They should already know. Uh, everything they have to know about me. So why do I have to keep entering the same information over and over and over again? It doesn't make sense. And what is the definition of insanity? We talk about that a lot on this show. Is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. So are they hoping that I forget one aspect of uh, of something, and that um, and that they'll catch me on something? I I don't know what the uh, I don't know what this story is. So I am happy. That they're that they're getting rid of this stuff. I'm happy that they're opening up the borders, and I'm happy Canada's becoming a normal a normal country again. And that's really what we're looking for, as normal of a country as possible, because you know that Canada over the last little while has become extremely nuts. That they've become extremely extremely crazy. We we, we live in a crazy world. Our prime minister, for instance. Is 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 a little um is an interesting guy. He, I I don't like him. 
And, and I'll tell you why I don't like him. I don't like him because he is um, he's two-faced. Now, just because I don't like Justin Trudeau, just because I'm not a fan of Justin Trudeau, doesn't mean that I'm going to pick on every little thing he does. I mean, why would, why would you do that? Why would you pick on every little thing he does? Uh, it's not right. It's, it's absolutely not right. Why would you do that? Why would anybody do that? Picking on every little thing a politician does? So the guy can't, uh, the guy can't enjoy himself. He can't go out for a burger. He can't, he, like, you know, they used to do that to American politicians. We, we tried not to do it to Canadian politicians. And we're starting to Americanize our, um, we're starting to Americanize our, our, um, our media. That's what we're doing. We're Americanizing our media. And, and that's just not right. Why should we do that? Why would you want to do that? The American media sucks. Why would you want to be part of the American media? But some people want to do that. And that's the, uh, that's the problem. The problem is that some people just want to Americanize our media. They want to make sure that our, uh, our media is exactly the same as the American media. They want to make sure that our media does um, exactly what the American media does, which is basically harass people for no reason. And that our media lies to us. And that's what's been happening. Our media has been lying to us. Now, our dictator-in-chief, Justin Trudeau, hasn't, uh, hasn't helped the cause at all. He's, 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 he's been a dictator. And our media is not really covering is not really covering his dictatorship. They're not really calling him a dictator, although they should. They should be calling him a dictator. They're not calling him a dictator. Now, you know why they're not calling him a dictator? There's a good reason for that. And the, uh, the reason they're not calling him a dictator is because uh, Justin Trudeau gave the media millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's why. That's the only reason. Because of the millions of dollars that Justin Trudeau gave the media, in subsidies, the media is not calling him a dictator. And it's quite sad that they're not, because uh, really what he's, what, what he's done, what he has done is, is dictatorship. It, 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 there's no question about it. If you remember the, um, the truckers rally and how he quashed that, because it made him uncomfortable that these guys were protesting against COVID restrictions. COVID restrictions, by the way, that are now being lifted because the, the, the pandemic is over, but the pandemic was over back then too. But that, that's okay. Uh, you know, it was okay to crush them and take their dogs and put their dogs in, uh, in kennels and have their dogs put to sleep because they opposed your policy. That, that was okay, right, Justin? That was, that was okay. Now, Justin has been, um, uh, finds himself in yet another, um, <laughs> yet another scandal. Is this really a scandal? I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call it a scandal. It's it's weird, but I don't know if I'd call it a scandal. When he was in uh, England to commemorate the uh, the Queen Elizabeth II's uh, death, he went to her funeral in England as the head of state. Um, well, well, let's just let's just watch this, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Here is Justin Trudeau in England commemorating the Queen's death. Oh, 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 
right, so that was Justin Trudeau commemorating the uh, the Queen's death. Now there, there are a lot of people who are complaining that the uh, that the Prime Minister, that Trudeau, um, that <laughs> that Trudeau was singing the the lyrics "Easy Come, Easy Go," as as if he was saying that's the Queen. Easy Come, Easy Go. Goodbye. That's not really those. Those were the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. A song sung by a band named Queen, ironically. I don't know if that was planned by Trudeau. I don't know if that was the point. All I know is that he's facing criticism because he sang the song privately in a hotel lobby with a group of friends. That's not really our business, what he does on his free time. It's not really our uh, our concern. It shouldn't really be our concern, what he does on his free time. We shouldn't be concerned that the, that the Prime Minister of Canada uh, decided to sing karaoke while he... Um, while he 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 was in England, I mean he wasn't he wasn't singing karaoke. He wasn't singing karaoke. I mean there there was a sound again. It was him singing. Uh, he wasn't singing karaoke uh, at the Queen's funeral. Uh, he wasn't doing that. He he was singing karaoke um, with some friends in the evening. What's wrong with that? One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Uh, to, uh, you know, if if you have a, if you have an opinion on this, uh, should he be held? Should he be should he be scorched the way he's being scorched for for having a little bit of fun for letting a little loose um, at the queen's? You know, a couple of days before the queen's funeral. I don't think so. I I really don't think so. I mean, the guy should be uh, you know, uh, the guy should be treated like a human being, and human beings. And human beings are uh, are the kind of people who sometimes let loose. So I, I don't see the problem with this. I, I don't understand why anybody had an issue with this. Uh, so, I mean, look, look, listen, listen. He he paid tribute to the Queen in his own way. In fact, uh, the Guardian, the Guardian posted uh, posted his speech. I, I, I mean, it was posted everywhere. But uh, but here here's a video from the Guardian uh, showing uh, Justin Trudeau's. Um, his, re- his reaction to the Queen's death. She was one of my favorite people in the world, and I will miss her so. It is with the deepest of sorrow that we learn today of the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She was our queen for almost half of Canada's existence, and she had an obvious, deep, an abiding love and affection for Canadians. She served us all with strength and wisdom for 70 years as we grew into the diverse, optimistic, responsible, ambitious and extraordinary country we are today. As her 12th Canadian Prime Minister I'm having trouble believing that my last sit-down with her was my last. I will so miss those chats. She was thoughtful, wise, curious, helpful, funny, and so much more. In a complicated world, Her steady grace and resolve brought comfort and strength 
to us all. Canada is in mourning. Responsible, ambitious, and extraordinary country we are today. As her 12th Canadian Prime Minister, I'm having trouble believing that my last sit-down with her was my last. I will so miss those chats. She was thoughtful, wise, curious, helpful, funny, and so much more. In a complicated world, her steady grace and resolve brought comfort and strength to us all. Canada is in mourning. Canada is in mourning. So, so how many Canadians do you, do you anticipate were mourning the death of the Queen? Do you, do you think there were a lot of Canadians mourning the death of the Queen? Do you think that was something that, uh, that Canadians were doing? That, that there were a ton of Canadians mourning the death of the Queen? I can't imagine there were there were hundreds of Canadians or thousands of Canadians mourning the Queen's death. I mean, I might be wrong. I might be. I might be. I might be a hundred percent wrong. I might be a thousand percent wrong. But I can't imagine that there are, there are tons of Canadians mourning the Queen's death. Now, the other day, uh, the the other day, the Queen had her funeral, and uh, the funeral was uh, was an interesting spectacle. If you watched the funeral, I, I I'm not a big royal fan. I'm not a fan of the royal family, as I mentioned before in the show. So uh, I didn't really watch the funeral, nor did I really care much about the funeral. But there were, um, uh, apparently it was a historic moment. I mean, she was queen for 70 years. I don't know if we're ever going to see another royal funeral, uh, at least in my lifetime. I don't know if I'm going to see another royal funeral. But judging by the fact that uh, that um, that King Charles is, is in his 70s and I'm not, the chance of me seeing his funeral is probably high. Uh, but you know, you, it's not often you see a royal funeral. It's not often that the uh, that the royalty, that, that that the king or queen dies. So, so so I guess it was a historic moment. I guess it's something that we have to keep in mind that this was a historic moment. But at the same time, um, I um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of. Uh, uh, of the queen, I'm not a big fan of the royalty. I, I'm just, I'm just not a big fan. But that's just me. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So Jewish men in Brooklyn keep getting attacked. It's, it's, it's happening over and over and over again. There's not much being done to, to, to stop it. The New York Police Department aren't doing much to uh, to get in the way of Jews being attacked in the middle of the street in Brooklyn. And all they're basically doing is uh, is saying, "Okay, we're going to um, we're going we're going to search for the perpetrators. We're going to uh, we're going to look to see who is committing these crimes. We're going to try to find we're going to try to find the people who are uh, who are who are beating who are beating Jews." Uh, and the media is covering it as a possible hate crime. Now, what do you mean a possible hate crime? Jews are being attacked in the open, uh, in the open, on the streets of New York, and it's a possible hate crime. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just strange to me. 
All right. So, um, so CBS News. CBS News. I'm not a big fan of CBS News. I never was a, a huge fan of network news. They were never really, really pro uh, pro anybody. But CBS News ran this report. I want I want to show you the report, and I'm then I'm going to comment on it. So CBS News ran this report. All right, we had a we had a little technical problem there. Give me a sec. We'll we'll, we'll fix that problem and uh, we'll rerun that. CBS News ran this report. A fire extinguisher. CBS Two. Police in Brooklyn investigate a pair of possible hate crime attacks. The weapon of choice, a fire extinguisher. CBS Two's Zinnia Maldonado went to Williamsburg to speak to one of the victims. That victim who lives in this area was understandably not comfortable sharing his name or showing his face. He is still shaken up and says it isn't his first time being attacked in his own neighborhood. A 72-year-old Jewish man was walking near Taylor Street and Lee Avenue around 6 Sunday morning. One guy ran after me and he started to spray. I tried to walk how fast I can. He says he was approached by a group of individuals, one of them running up to him with a fire extinguisher and spraying him in the face. The entire attack caught on surveillance. You then see the group walking away from the scene. The victim's son believes his father was targeted because he is Jewish. It was not only my father, it was another Jewish guy, like two minutes after, after his attack. Yeah, but definitely it's a hate crime. Around the same time Sunday, a second attack. NYPD says a 66-year-old Jewish man was walking near Roebling and 3rd Street when someone sprayed him with a fire extinguisher before punching him as well. Former state assemblyman and founder of Americans Against Anti-Semitism, Dove Heikind, says attacks on Jews in the city are out of control. Something is wrong. We're not doing it right. We're not dealing with it in a, in a way where it makes a difference. But people are afraid. There are real victims who live with the attacks upon them every single day. Advocates fighting against discrimination in Brooklyn believe these attacks are yet another reminder that local and state leaders need to take hate crimes more seriously. When you see two, two incidents at the same time, that makes you even think, what's happening? Isn't this going to stop? We can't be, be prisoners in our own home. We're just going to continue talking about this, and nothing is going to change unless we wake up. Now, both of the victims are doing okay. No arrests have been made, and both of the incidents are now being investigated by the NYPD's Hate Crimes Task Force. In Williamsburg, Brooklyn, Sonia Maldonado, CBS 2 News. So the hate crimes are being investigated as hate crimes. And that's not the only crime. That happened about a month ago. Uh, after that, uh, more Jews more Jews were attacked in New York City. And Jews are continuously attacked in New York City. And, and attacked in broad daylight in the middle of the street. Uh, people running down the street and knocking the, knocking the uh, hat off a Jew. People running down the street and, uh, and spitting or spraying or hitting a Jewish person, an obviously Jewish person, uh, with some kind of uh, projectile. It is unacceptable. And it's been happening for years. It's not, it's not a new phenomenon. We, we saw this happening last summer. Every summer, I seem to talk about Jews being attacked in the streets in broad daylight of New York City. 
And every summer I, I, I scream and I yell and, and everybody screams and yells and nothing seems to happen to change, uh, to change things. It, it, is, it, is, it is really, really, really um, horrific when, when you think about it. It's really horrific that, that these kind of attacks are happening. Let's take a look again. Now you'll notice, here's a guy running up. There's a Jewish man walking. Here's a guy running up and he's spraying a fire extinguisher. At, at the Jewish guy. He's spraying a fire extinguisher at him. Now, now, the chemicals in a fire extinguisher could be deadly, can't they? And, and, and this, is, this is the problem, that, the, that, that they're using deadly force. They're using deadly force to attack Jews on the street of New York. And nobody, nobody is doing anything to stop it. New York City, in the middle of Williamsburg, and this is what's happening. Here's another one. So here, here's a guy walking, and uh, he is a guy who attacked Jews. So if you know this guy, turn him in. He's a guy who attacked Jews. It's, uh, it's, it, he knocked the, he knocked the hat off a Jew. We, we missed that clip, but he knocked the hat off a Jew. How, how do we accept this? How do we accept these things? Uh, how do we accept these things happening? How do we not, how do we not get get really, really angry as a Jewish community? Now, New York City has the largest contingent of Jews in North America. How are they not rioting in the street? How are they not? Look, if somebody attacked uh, uh, another minority and, um, and, and continuously attacked another minority, they'd be rioting in the streets. They, there would be rallies and rioting in the streets. So, so the guy who attacked uh, the Jew with, with the fire extinguisher, the video I showed you before, was a 14-year-old. A 14-year-old. There was a kid. It was a 14-year-old kid. And he attacked he attacked a Jew with a fire extinguisher. How do 14-year-olds gain this kind of hate? Where do they get it from? Naturally, of course, we're going to say they get it from their parents because that's 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 really what happens, right? The uh, the parents the parents teach the kids. Uh, I, they could get it from outside influences too, but but in general, in general, they get it from the parents. They get it from the culture. They get it from the area that they live in. And it's, it's really scary. It's scary that the, the city with the largest contingent of Jews could be, could be this dangerous. Now, now, a little while back, this is not, like I said, it's not a new phenomenon. This has been happening for a while already. So a little while back, uh, we, we had scenes like this. So a Jewish guy... Uh, you, you just watch the scene, you'll see. So, a Jewish guy on the floor being attacked by, by a mob of people. A mob of people. And it goes on and on and on. And this is happening right in the middle of, of New York City. That happened in Times Square. A mob of people attacked a Jewish guy in the middle of Times Square. Where the police? Times Square. Every time I've been to Times Square, there have been tons and tons and tons of police. Where the police? Have the police decided that the Jewish community is not worthy of being protected? Is that what's going on here? They've they've decided that uh, that Jewish life isn't cheap. It's cheap, and it's not worth being protected. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. That, that would definitely not surprise me because that's generally what's happened uh, throughout history, throughout Jewish history. That's generally what happened. 
Jewish life has been cheap and uh, has not been uh, has not been protected. And sometimes even the police are the ones who are beating up the Jews. You know, you're, you're trying to um, you're trying to uh, go to them for help, and they're the ones who are beating you up. I mean, there there are tons of examples of this. So here's a guy. He's he's two guys are walking up to the the Jewish guy. Oh, they're kicking him. They broke his car. They just kicked the mirror off his car. This kind of violence, this kind of hatred towards Jews. You figured that this would have ended uh, a half a century ago, three quarters of a century ago. But no, this kind of hatred still exists. This kind of hatred is still is still is still prevalent there. It's prevalent in New York City. I don't get it. I don't understand how New York City could still be a a hotbed for anti-Jewish anti-Jewish uh, behavior. Now, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just a dumb guy. And sometimes I really feel like a dumb guy. And the reason I feel so dumb is because I naively believed that that people that that people are are inherently good. I, I naively believed that. I naively believed that you know that Jews living in the diaspora, like most Jews, I believe that Jews living in the diaspora. We're, we're safe from this kind of violence. We're safe from, from being beaten on the streets of Times Square. This looks, this, this, this is terrible. This is horrific. And I thought we were better than that. I thought we, we, we outlived that. I thought that, that after Europe, after the Holocaust, that these things didn't happen anymore. That was a scene right out of Nazi Germany. A Jew walking down the street getting beaten by a group of, of thugs. Now, now, New York police have arrested a few people, including that 14-year-old boy that attacked the, uh, the man in Williamsburg. But uh, how, much, how, 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 much, how much longer, how much, how much more could, could we put up with? And where's our Jewish leadership screaming and yelling and, and saying this is unacceptable? Where, where are they? Why are they not screaming and yelling and saying this is unacceptable? I don't understand it. I just don't understand how how we allow this to happen. Here, here's another Jewish guy who's uh, who's going to explain what happened to him. It's uh, the, the guy who was being beaten up right here, right, being beaten up on on Times Square. He's going to explain what happened. I mean, they were using their fists. They were kicking me, punching me, kicking me all over my body. I mean, I got bruises on my rib, my back, all over. I know. I mean, my wrist is killing me. I was just guarding my head. My wrist sprained or something. I don't know. I got a slight concussion. I saw a video after. Some guys were using, you know, wood poles looking at the end of the flag, some crutches, etc., things like that. But I, I couldn't, honestly, I was really just like cowering and trying to, you know, make sure I, you know, brace for it and survive, to be honest. I the, like the hate in these people's eyes. I, I don't say these people, the hate in the people who attacked me in their eyes was just uh, amazing to me. And I mean, to, you know, pepper spray and mace someone on the ground for like a minute or two while after the fact is just who even comes up with like something like that they're just so inhumane and i mean my message would just be you know just everyone get along i mean we all want peace we all want you know the same thing and that what happened yesterday is just not the answer to anyone's problems regardless of what color of skin you are what race you are what ethnicity what religion nothing that's just wrong on so many levels regardless of who you are so just just wrong on so many levels, regardless of who you are. Spoken like a true, a true Torah Jew. The guy was just beaten up. 
He was beaten up by a mob of people. And he forgave them. He said, listen, nobody should be beaten up like this. Nobody should ever be beaten up like this. We should all get along. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you are. We should get along. And the fact that we don't get along, the fact that we, uh, that, that we continue this hatred, this hatred continues against the Jewish people, this irrational hatred against the Jewish people continues till today. Last week, there was an attack on a Jewish guy in New York City. We can't accept this. This is not acceptable. And I don't know why people are sitting around and, and saying this is, so, this is okay. When you're not standing up and yelling that it's not okay, then you are saying it is okay. Apathy is acceptance. Silence is acceptance. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. I hope you're horrified as I am because these horrific attacks on Jews have to stop. Now, when, when Asians were being attacked right after, uh, uh, right after COVID came, uh, came to North America and, uh, and, 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 um, and Chinese people were being blamed for COVID, when, when, when Asians were being beaten up, celebrities, everybody was getting up and saying, don't beat up the Asians. Why are you blaming the Asians? It's, 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 it's not right that you're blaming the Asians. The media went on a whole campaign uh, to not beat up Asians. When Jews are being, up, being, being beaten up in the middle of New York City, nobody gives a darn. Nobody cares. It's scary. It's sad. It's unacceptable. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'm going to go now. I'll be back at midnight with Political Hitman. I'll see you then.